0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. MC's self-care cabaret podcast. I'm Teresa Malito-Connors, a doctoral level educational administrator and mental health practitioner focused on helping you, our world's helpers. So I got to tell you, a couple weeks ago, I had the first dance break with Dr. MC. If you've been following me on social media or signed up for my email newsletter, you probably saw that I was hosting this event. So what is this? Dance break is really a selfish way to have accountability for myself <laughs> so we can I can enjoy more movement in my life. I've noticed that I haven't been moving as much as I would like, so I decided time to create an opportunity to move more and bring other people along with me. It was so much fun. It's only 30 minutes, it's virtual, and it's going to be pop-up style, meaning That I can't necessarily commit to, you know, every Thursday at 4 p.m., but I will, you know, give as much notice as I can, and they'll be pop up when I can host them. I'm hoping to be able to do one every week or every other week. They're also free to join. Donations are accepted, and they are for all bodies. Every body. I want to join me. So if you need a modification, maybe you just want to sit in a chair and kind of dance along. Awesome. Maybe you only want to do 10 minutes or just the warm up or just the cool down. Whatever it is, come on in. I want this to be a really accessible space for folks and a comfortable, safe space. And I just want to get back into my body and feel good moving. So I hope you'll join me with that. The first one was super fun and I'm looking forward to more. So, as you may have heard by now, we're mixing it up for the next few episodes as we head back into a new school year. In a break from our usual format, we're bringing back Bite sized Pods, which will be me, Dr. MC, chatting about a particular topic. Unlike our interview-style episodes, Bite sized Pods drop weekly on Wednesdays. They may be on the shorter side, but with the new school year upon us, shorter may be just what the doctor ordered. So, this is... The third installment of Bite Size Pods for this round, we've already discussed beating the Sunday scaries or a new school year and last week's new school year who dis setting yourself up for success. Today, we're going to shift gears a little bit and discuss reclaiming space as that has been a theme that has been coming up for me a lot recently. I will say the following story does have a bit of a trigger warning and content warning as I do describe my eating disorder dieting days, just an FYI. As I have talked about, I'm in recovery from multiple eating disorders that I've battled since I was a teenager. I also started dancing at the age of three and I love to dance. It's always brought me joy and it's always just been a sacred space. Me. If you've listened to other episodes, you've likely heard me talk about that. And I have to say, you know, with fear of maybe sounding a little conceited, I was good, like really good, winning national competitions as early as second grade and lots of professional credits to follow. However, it didn't take much for me to notice that dancers are commonly thin. Very thin, in fact, especially ballerinas. Couple that with just about every member of my family struggling with their weight. I watched both my mom and dad jump from diet to diet, Overeaters Anonymous, Liquid Shakes diets, Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, etc., etc. And every time their diets failed and ended with more weight gain. And then again, and the cycle would continue to go, always blaming themselves when it failed. So I learned to fear fatness and internalize that being fat must be bad, right? As I had my first struggle with weight around 17 years old when I went on my first diet, basically I restricted my intake. I remember my dad kind of teaching me how to restrict and essentially diet. Well, back then at 17 years old, the 30 to 45 pounds or so that I lost melted right off and I vowed never to gain it back. I even remember saying such to my mother, Something to the effect of, "Ugh, I will never gain that weight again. Well, like all diets are set up to failure, as we now know. But back then, I did not know this. As a matter of fact, 95% of diets fail. You have to remember, this is a $75 billion industry. They are not concerned with your health and they profit from your failure. So the cycle began for me. I continued to gain and lose the same 50 to 80 pounds many times over throughout the coming years. Every loss was accompanied by a feeling of this is the one. I've finally cracked the code. I participated in diet bets and challenges and I often won them. But did I really? And every time I vowed never to gain the weight back. And every time I thought I was the failure when I inevitably gain the weight back and more as each diet failed i turned the screws and went even more extreme in my restricting and eventually over became a new purging method of choice i would take an average of 15 to 17 boutique fitness classes a week and then with my friends we'd go out to the gym on a friday night this seemed totally normal. After all, I couldn't be fat. This was combined with, you know, limiting my food intake as much as I could and overhydrating excessively. But here's the thing. I was giving food power by restricting my intake and banning certain foods. That gives them power. I now know that there are no good foods and no bad foods. Because when you label a food as bad, you actually give it power, meaning you're going to crave it and you're going to want it and more of it. There's a place for all foods. We're not going to talk about mindful eating in this episode, but this is where, you know, you may want to get in touch with how certain foods make you feel. But that's that's for a different podcast episode. Anyway, so the weight never melted off again. As a matter of fact it became harder and harder to lose the weight, and I would continue to amp things up every more until it spiraled out of control around the time of my wedding. In retrospect, I now understand that my body was doing what it needed to do to survive. Your body cannot distinguish between shredding for the wedding and starving. As I began to heal from my eating disorder, weight gain came on with a vengeance. Very quickly, I found myself in a body I did not recognize, and my deepest fear of becoming fat became my reality. And somewhere along the way, I lost sight of movement and the joy I once felt in my body from dancing. Once I allowed exercise to become a purging method, the joy was taken away from me, and it has taken many years to heal that piece of myself. I remember the session where my eating disorder dietitian told me that movement should be joyful. It was a mic drop moment for me. It is one of the principles of intuitive eating after all, but a light bulb went off and I was like, oh yeah. My goodness, movement hasn't been joyful for me in quite some time. I was flooded with memories of when movement was joyful. The years of dancing and performing are some of my happiest memories and proudest moments before the eating disorder took hold. I had 100% lost the joy in movement, and at that time, I wasn't sure how to get it back. Here's the thing about movement, though. It's so important to our well-being. And the benefits stretch far beyond the possibility of weight loss. As a matter of fact, weight loss is the least exciting benefit, potentially, of movement. As I mentioned, this was not just a hobby for me, dancing. I grew up at Boston Ballet, and Ballet Theater of Boston. I trained locally at a dance company, which is now a conservatory program. I've danced with some of the world's best dancers and choreographers in New York and in Boston. Yet I still allowed it to be taken from me. Thanks a lot, Diet Culture. And I even remembered being at Boston Ballet for class back in 1997, when the news of Heidi Gunther's death broke. There were news cameras everywhere and chaos in the air. I was 14 years old. Heidi was an incredibly talented young ballerina who was told she needed to lose a few pounds. She recognized that the better roles were going to the skinnier girls. Mind you, she was extremely thin. She died of cardiac arrest at the age of 22. Her heart issue was likely caused by her eating disorder, which I believe was never diagnosed. Her death sparked some performative measures to be taken by the industry, but let's be real, not much has changed. I never forgot her story and I still remember learning that her cause of death was really a fear of fatness or fear of gaining any weight and just how terrible that was. Three short years from that moment, I would start my first diet. I internalized an understanding that if I wanted to be a dancer, I would need to be thin. I also noticed that parts were going to skinnier girls regardless of their talent or stage presence. This trend would continue beyond the ballet world and into my next venture, which was musical theater. It's easy to connect the thoughts of how I lost the joy in something that was so joyful for me, but not anymore. This summer, I have felt a profound pull back to dance and ballet, a desire to move my body again to the beautiful music and stretch and twirl and feel that joy again. Yes, I have moved my body, of course, over the years, but hasn't been intentional. This time it feels intentional and it feels like I'm reclaiming the space for myself. Call it inner child work. Call it part of my healing. But this is happening. Maybe I'm doing it for the little 14 year old me standing in the lobby of Boston Ballet as the news of Heidi's death broke, confused and scared as reporters and news cameras bustled about. Maybe I'm doing it for all the little girls who have ever felt their body was a burden. So, as I'm entering the next decade in my life, I know one thing's for sure. I'm dancing for me, and my body is beautiful, strong, and capable. I even went as far as to buy point shoes again, as you may have seen on Instagram. I danced on point for years. The shoes have arrived, but. I know I need a little time to build myself back up to being able to do much on them. But even just having them in my presence feels like a small victory and a leveling up in my healing. My body has been getting used to doing some of these exercises again. My ballet bar is getting some use again and it just feels good. I had found myself saying things like, I hope I can do point again someday or wouldn't it be nice if I did X? What am I waiting for that someday is now? So I hope you'll join me in considering what space you need to reclaim for yourself and how you can invite that back into your life and what areas still need healing. I'm redefining what being a ballerina and dancer looks like for me. And who knows? Maybe I'll inspire some others along the way. But at the end of the day, I'm doing it for me. And so far, it feels pretty darn great. So you may be listening to this episode and thinking that you'd like to reclaim joyful movement for yourself. After all, it is one of the 10 domains of self-care. And it's not uncommon for folks to have complicated relationships with movement and exercise for a variety of reasons. Perhaps your story is different than mine or maybe aspects of that resonate with your journey as well. Maybe you have residual fears from high school PE class or just a misconception that exercise must be hard and grueling to count, whatever that even means. But movement is great and it doesn't have to be extreme or excessive. All movement is good. And if you don't like going to the gym, don't go to the gym. I don't find joy strapping myself to a treadmill for 45 minutes at a time. For whatever purpose, it's just not fun. So don't do it. And you may have heard, you know, the statistic from the American Health Association that 10,000 steps a day has to be the goal. Well, that's actually not true. And the more recent research actually indicates, though, that if you're not getting at least 5,000, you may want to add some additional movement into your day. Maybe you take a scenic route walking to a destination. You just make sure you're getting up from your desk after, you know, an hour or so of sitting or walking around your classroom more, getting out of your office, even housework, chores, gardening, having a solo dance party, just not sitting for long periods of time. All these things can help us just invite a little more movement back into our lives and think about what do you want by moving more? Are you looking to build strength? Because again, it's just remember, it's not about weight loss. But when you move your body, you may be building your strength, your stamina your flexibility, you're improving your mind body connection. And that's very good for our well being. Or maybe you just want to learn a new activity or something specific like ballroom dancing or or pickleball. Can anybody even tell me what pickleball is seems to be so popular. I just have a vision of people throwing pickles back and forth. And I'm sure that is not what it is. You also want to treat your body as a partner and a friend. Stop beating it up. Really take a moment and think about all the amazing things it does for you. And start small. Find yourself some role models and follow them on social media. Myself maybe as one if you're not following me already. But here's some favorites that I look up to. Jessamyn Stanley, Reagan Chastain, Lizzo, Julia Del Bianco, and Colleen Werner. Remove the folks that make you feel bad about yourself. Block, delete, hide, and unsubscribe. Powerful tools. And if you want to dance with me, be sure you're signed up for my newsletter and following me on social media. Because I will be sharing information about the next dance breaks as they happen. My 30-minute virtual class for all bodies. And it's just, it's so much fun. The ones we've had so far have been amazing. So be sure not to miss out on that. And who knows, maybe eventually I'll start adding in some ballet dance classes too. I think that would be fun. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you're feeling more energized and empowered. If you like what you heard here today, subscribe and leave a review for this podcast on your preferred platform. And follow along on Instagram and Facebook at Dr. MC Self Care and Dr. MC Self Care Cabaret on LinkedIn. You can also visit my website, drmcselfcare.com, for the latest updates and to sign up for Cast Party, my e-newsletter. And if you're interested in having me present to an audience near you, email info at Dr. MC Thanks again. Stay well and do good. Did you hear the news about our exciting new offering from the self-care cabaret? We're calling it talkback. If you're familiar with the theater space, you may have participated in a talkback before. After a performance, the cast and crew will come back on stage to chat with the audience and answer questions. Think of it as a casual guided discussion. Inspired by this and by popular interest, we've come up with a talkback for the self-care cabaret podcast. Groups will listen to a podcast episode or two of their choosing, then I'll come and lead your discussion either in person or virtually of those episodes, expanding on the big ideas. It's a great option for groups looking for short, impactful professional development or smaller teams looking to get an introduction to self-care and well-being. We have done a few of these so far, and let me say they have been so much fun. So if you're interested in bringing a talk back to your group or organization, email podcast at drmcselfcare.com. We're going to have to do the, like, we'll just cut, and then you'll just come in and read this part. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Make me laugh. You're not making me laugh. I got nothing funny. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs>